Wow, so good to see each of you here today. Just a energy in the praise and worship in here today and good to see uh, each of you. We've pretty much got a full house as far as this configuration is concerned. And uh, somebody walked in. It's been there. It was their first Sunday back this morning. They said it looks like somebody's robbed this place <laughs> of some chairs. But uh, we're getting there, and little by little, uh, I just pray that we're going to get back to this uh, new normal or whatever it is, and uh, just excited to share God's Word with you again today. We've been talking about reopening the campus here at Midland Valley Community. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about return in a world that's constantly changing. As we come back, I shared with you, There are some things that are never going to change. And we talked about as you come back into our fellowship, that we'll always be about bringing Christ and people together. And we talked about discipleship and friendship, partnership, stewardship, worship. All of that will stay the same as we move forward and increase. Last week we talked about restore. We've been through some tough times, and sometimes it's, likely that you can lose faith even in the things that matter most. And we talked about restoring our faith. And i got to tell you, it was, a, it was a powerful word. I told someone this week, I got blessed on my own preaching last Sunday. And it helped me this week, that, that little outline, how do we restore our faith? Believing when we don't see it. Uh, obeying when we don't understand it. Giving when we don't have it. Persisting when we don't feel like it. Thanking before we receive it. And, and, and even the last one, trusting when you don't get it. I'm going to keep my eyes on you, Jesus. And so I just encourage you, let's live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now today, we're going to kind of wrap this up. Return, restore, the word is revive. And if we have ever needed revival in America, it's in this day and time in which we're living. I mean, you look around and the tendency is to be very discouraged. This world's a mess. But let's see what God wants to say to us in here today. Old Testament, Leviticus. Didn't get any amens on Leviticus. I tell people, if you can't sleep at night, read Leviticus. That'll probably put you to sleep. But there's a great little word. Get your Bibles. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. It's chapter 6, and we're going to pick up the reading at verse 8. And I want you to note something in here. We're going to be talking about Old Testament concept of Worship. We're going to be talking about the role of the priest in the Old Testament. But then as we read this, keep in mind, we're living in New Testament dispensation. We are all priests as Christ's followers in the kingdom. So pay attention. There's some detail that we need to adhere to. There's some personal responsibility when it comes to this whole message of revival. Revival is an act of God, but it comes in response to our obedience. So I want us to plug into this message this morning, Leviticus chapter 6, 
And let's pick it up at verse 8. The Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons this command. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar hearth throughout the night till morning, and the fire must be kept burning on the altar. The priest shall then put on his linen clothes with linen undergarments next to his body and shall remove ashes of the burnt offering that the fire has consumed on the altar and place them beside the altar. Then he is to take off these clothes and put on others and carry the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonial clean. Now look at verse 12. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning, the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. As we get into this Word today, I pray that You would revive Your people again. I pray that You would revive Your church again. We are in desperate need of an old-fashioned God sent from heaven, Holy Ghost fire revival in America. And so, Lord, I pray that we could just get a word today, something that will nudge us in the right direction, something that will prompt us, Lord, to pull up close to Your table, Your altar. And may we understand as kings and priests in Your kingdom that the fire must not go out. So, Lord, take this word home to our hearts. Use it. Lord, to motivate, use it to inspire, use it to encourage. And Father, we'll give you the highest praise for all that you're going to do. It's in the strong name of Jesus we pray. And everyone in agreement say, Amen. The priest had many duties in the Old Testament scheme of worship, but their one supreme task, watch this, was never let the fire go out. Never let the fire on the altar of sacrifice go out. Now again, let's plug that into New Testament theology. We as Christ followers are uh, a kingdom of priests and we must personally make sure that the fire burns bright within our hearts and lives. The fire is symbolic throughout Scripture of the Holy Spirit. And all that God has for us. So, so as we get into this today, I'm going to talk to you for a few moments about what causes that fire to burn down low and possibly even go out. And the term I'm going to use is spiritual cooling. What causes spiritual cooling? I told you last Sunday, I've heard comments from a lot of our people during these past three months. Pastor, I'm, I'm kind of struggling, and I feel like I've taken two or three steps back during this pandemic and not being able to meet as a family of believers. Uh, I, I need revived. Well, let's talk about what causes spiritual cooling, and then we're going to ask for God to just renew and revive us again in here today. What causes spiritual cooling? 
And by the way, as I was working on this this week, I had this thought, I'm a lot more concerned about spiritual cooling than I am global warming, for whatever that's worth. But as we get into this, let's take some notes, get your outlines, what causes spiritual cooling. Number one, write this down, troubled times. What causes spiritual cooling? What causes the fire to go out troubled times? You don't have to turn, but John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 1, it's very familiar. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. And if you go on down to verse 27, John 14, peace I live with you, Jesus said, my peace I give you, I do not give as the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled. Now get the context of John 14. Jesus is getting ready to leave his disciples. It's, it's actually Thursday night before Jesus goes to a cross on Good Friday. And, and this is interesting. You take the Gospels. There are 89 chapters that make up Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And would you believe out of 89 chapters, 19 of those chapters deal with Thursday night before Jesus goes to a cross on Good Friday. And it's intimate conversation. It's no longer Jesus talking to the crowds and the multitudes. He's talking to His disciples. And and they are essentially last words. I'm going to leave you, but I don't want you to be discouraged. Yeah, you're going to face troubled times. Jesus actually says it to them. I mean, some of you are going to face some real difficult days right ahead, but I don't want you to be discouraged. I don't want you to let the troubled times defeat you. Well, if ever we've lived in troubled times, it's been these last three months right here in America. Kind of interesting. I saw some statistics, some of the things that have happened, and we're just getting a lot of the data in. It's so fresh. Online purchases are up 243%. That makes sense. We've all been staying home. Tammy's on that computer every little bit hitting that button, buying something. Can I get an amen? You look nice today. (laughs) Troubled times, alcohol sales have increased in America 60% in the last two and a half, three months. Divorces, the filings are way up. The lawyers are saying there's going to be this incredible rush of divorces. I don't know. I think it's just the men and women learning how to live with each other again. And uh, one guy said, I didn't know just how good we uh, got along when we weren't together. (laughs) And now I found out it's a job. This one was interesting to me. Test scores are up. Grade point averages are coming in, increasing, but then watch this, massive cheating scandals are popping up with all of the online education during this time. We're living in some troubled times, but it goes beyond just a pandemic. We have seen right here this week, yesterday, uh, it was a beautiful celebration of life service in here for Adam Wilson. 
Adam was one of our orchestra members, passed away three months ago, wasn't able to really have the funeral. It was right when the COVID-19 stuff was just starting. But Pastor Mike McAdory put together an incredible service here yesterday. And, and Adam was only 33 years old. And a brain tumor took him out into eternity. Isn't it amazing how suddenly our lives can change? Our world can be rocked. Most of you know the tragedy that, again, Mike... McAdory's family has been dealing with this week Chad's new sister-in-law, Amanda, 24 years old, went into the hospital Tuesday evening of this past week in Nashville. On her Facebook page, post a picture, and she kind of has her arms like this. What's wrong with me? Couldn't figure it out. And within hours, she's in eternity. Funeral yesterday. In Nashville. Isn't it incredible how suddenly our lives can change? One phone call, one doctor's visit, one lab report. One day you thought you had your health, and then you find out you don't. One day you're working, the next day you're out of a job. You better believe we're living in troubled times. But I've got a good word for you in the midst of troubled times. Do not be discouraged. Don't let this defeat you. The anchor still holds in the midst of the storm. What calls a spiritual cooling? Troubled times. Secondly, write this down. Disconnecting from Jesus. Disconnecting from Jesus. Now, I don't know why, but it seems like when you go through hard times, it's almost the natural human default mode to just kind of withdraw. And, and, and instead of being plugged in to the body of Christ like we normally are, a lot of times when crisis comes or hard times come, if we're not careful we can kind of just disconnect not only from Jesus, but from the body. And I really think that's been happening during this pandemic. And so we're kind of out there on our own. And it gets lonely out there on our own. We need one another. We need a friend. We've got a friend in Jesus, but we need each other. Now, in John chapter 15, John chapter 15, and again, you don't have to turn, but a lot of you know this. It's Jesus saying, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And over and over again, you hear this phrase, remain in me. Abide in me. Stay connected to me. And uh, this is where I talk about often the law of multiple reference. I learned a long time ago, if God repeats Himself in the Word of God, pay attention. This is important. I actually learned that when I was a little boy. If my mom said it once to me, I kind of thought that was a suggestion. David, go do this. David, go do that. If she said it twice, I'm telling you again. Well, in my young mind, it was a suggestion, but there might be possible consequences. If I didn't, do what she said. And if she had to say it a third time, I told you over and over again, 
boy, it was the electric chair. I mean, I grew up, uh, I grew up in one of those homes where they, uh, they, they still adhered to train up the child, and if they're not getting it, let them have it. And uh, I, uh, I thank God for my upbringing. But now Jesus is going to repeat himself over and over in, in John 15, in fact, ten times. Ten times in, in John 15, 1 through 10, Jesus challenges his disciples to remain in me, abide in me. It's so simple, and yet this is where we miss it. See, when I'm talking about spiritual cooling, folks, I'm not talking about, man, you just up and left your wife, ran off to Vegas, gambled away all your money, all of a sudden just started, you know, uh, smoking dope and just doing something that really is going off the deep end. I'm talking about spiritual cooling and just gradually, gradually disconnecting from the source of life. I am the vine. You are the branches. Stay connected to me even in troubled times. What causes spiritual cooling? Troubled times, disconnecting from Jesus. And then number three, write this down, the propensity to fly solo. The propensity to fly solo. Now, let me tell you what I'm talking about there. Again, it's this idea that when we go through difficult times, when we have a crisis, there's almost this natural human default mode that says, I'm just going to withdraw in my shell, and I'll just, I'll, I'll just kind of, I don't, I don't want to deal with people right now. I don't want anybody else's opinion right now. And I understand some of that. I, I have heard some folks say, and I understand it. You know, I've kind of enjoyed this time being home and alone because I don't like people. I appreciate uh, honesty every now and then. But I'm telling you, friends, we get in trouble when we try to fly solo. When we try to just do it on our own, we need one another. We need to stay connected to the vine, the source of life. I'm the vine, you're the branches, remain in me. But when we allow troubled times to disconnect us from Jesus, and then we're going to try to make it on our own, it never works. It never works. I don't know how many of you are NASCAR fans. I've uh, been one through the years. I'm not avid about it. And so don't anybody get offended with this, but I'm redneck enough. I can say this. You know what you get when you put 32 NASCAR fans together in the same room? Full set of teeth. (laughs) Don't anybody get offended. I'm one of those people right there. But... uh, I, there, there are two races, and what caught my mind, one of them is today. There, there are two racetracks in NASCAR that the, the, the way the track is designed and the way the, the, the curves, the banking are, how steep, how inclined, and, and with the speed they have at Daytona and then today, Talladega. There, there's a word that is used, and it always comes into play, drafting. 
And, and for the car to succeed, for a car to win at Daytona, at Talladega, you have to learn to draft. You have to be able to get in line and put your car, the nose of that car, right up under the back bumper of that car in front of you and, and let that car out front take the, uh, the, the air and, and the wind and everything, and then the aerodynamics will send the, the, the air, the wind over top. Your car, you're tucked in behind that lead car, and then one, two, three, four, five, you'll see a whole line running in a row, and if you try to get out there by yourself, if you know anything about NASCAR, inevitably they get left to dry. And I mean in no time. All the other cars zoom by, and they fall back. And I remember a race a few years back. It was when Jeff Gordon was still racing. And they have the in-car microphone, and you can hear him talking to his crew. And he was so frustrated. He would get out of line. He wanted to get to the front. He wanted to win. And no one would go with him. And he finally says in the microphone, and you hear it, I can't find a friend. I can't find anyone that will go with me. Let me tell you something, folks. The propensity to fly solo will defeat us in the end. We need Jesus, yes, but we need one another. Now, give you another quick illustration. And by the way, I'm going to go a little over time. We've been cutting the services off around 10 o'clock, so we have time to disinfect, and uh, we'll still have plenty of time before 1040. So uh, if you'll allow the pastor to take a little privilege here, I'm going to go about five, ten minutes over. Didn't get one amen on preaching longer. <laughs> My buddy Mike McAdory is up here. He did a great job with that service yesterday. And right in the middle of it, out of nowhere, he just says now, he said something about seven points. He said, now this is not a seven-point sermon. And he said, I don't preach near as long as our senior pastor does. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. But, but, but get this, it's so important, folks, as we come back, and I can't wait. I, I believe the best days are ahead. I believe God has incredible days for you, your family, our church, our outreach in this community, bringing Christ and people together. But as we return and we restore our faith, we desperately need revival, so I want you to pull up to the table here today and not miss this. Here, here's the other illustration I want to give. How many know about, we've talked NASCAR, now let's talk about Canadian geese. A anybody know uh, uh, anything about Canadian geese? They, they, they leave deposits, don't they? <laughs> if you have them around your house, or I mean, they'll, they'll show you they've been there. And uh, uh, sometimes it can be a nuisance, but you can learn some lessons from these geese. I was watching a documentary one night, and it caught my eye. And it was talking about that V formation in which they fly. And, 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 and they, just like NASCAR, they figured something out before NASCAR did, that if they fly in formation and they stay together, they can fly, I mean, statistically it's been proven, 71% further than flying solo. Again, they learned this. And, and the one that's out front, I mean, that's the one that's bearing the brunt of this and leading the charge. But then this documentary showed it. And it was amazing when that lead, Canadian geese, 
would tire. Listen, they would drop back to the back of the pack, get in line. Remember, now it's going to be a little easier. They're going to draft. They were doing it before NASCAR. And, and, and they were going to get refreshed. Now, someone listen to that. You've been out front a long time. You've been working hard. You've been le- There's nothing wrong with dropping back every now and then and getting refreshed, getting revived again. You see that? And then I love this part of the story. When they get to the back, the ones at the back are the ones that are known to do all the honking. And they make all the noise. And it's almost like they're encouraging the, the, the lead goose to, to go faster and go further. Now, I got blessed when I saw that. Because I've told you, I struggle with impatience sometimes. I've been known when I get behind a car that's going so slow and I can't get around it, or especially, how about this one, when you're stopped at a light and there's a car in front of you, and you can tell they're looking at their phone, and the light turns green, and they're not going anywhere, and they're still looking at their phone, honk, honk. I'll hit that horn, and it embarrasses Tammy. Quit doing that. You, I said, I'm just encouraging them. <laughs> I'm just encouraging them to go further in life and be more than they are today. Let's learn from the geese. We get in trouble if we just try to fly solo. But when we stay together, there's strength in numbers. There's a synergy, actually. And you know what synergy is? Synergy is one plus one equals three. You say, that's not good math. No, it's not, but it's synergy. It's the power of connectedness. And again, this has been proved one horse can, can pull a thousand pounds. There's another horse that can pull two thousand pounds. You put them together, you know how much they can pull? Three thousand pounds? No. Eight thousand pounds. It's been proven when you harness the energy. When you come together and you join hands and, and, and you work together, there's a synergy that results. So as we return, as we move forward in the days to come, oh, let's be sure and not be left behind, not be disconnected from Jesus, but press in. Now, now let's close with this. What are four fire extinguishers that we've got to watch out for? Don't ever let the fire go out. As, as New Testament priest in the kingdom of God, don't ever let the fire go out. It's up to you and I today. We've got to watch out for these fire extinguishers. Number one, exhaustion. Write that down. Exhaustion. The meaning of exhaustion is used up. Drained thoroughly. Emptied. No one can run forever without fuel and so this is something we have to watch even as christians exhaustion i i tried this earlier in the week let's see if we can do it in here today everyone just inhale as deeply as you can 
and now exile as big as you can. Now let's do it again. We're going to inhale, but then as we exhale this time, let's try to exile, exhale a second time without inhaling again. Now did you get that? I kind of messed up the instructions there. And that was probably the problem earlier in the week when I was trying to get someone to do this. We're going to inhale again, but this time we're going to exhale and then try to exhale a second time without inhaling. You ready? Here we go. Inhale. Exhale. Exhale again. (laughs) You can't do it. Now, some of y'all are going to be trying that all afternoon. You can't put something out that you don't have in. The reason we need to be revived is so we have the Holy Spirit. That's all Jesus was saying in John 14. Don't be troubled. Don't be defeated because of this. Let the Holy Spirit fill you and thrill you and fill you again and again and again. Watch out for exhaustion. Number two, neglect. Watch out for these fire extinguishers. Exhaustion, neglect. The Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? I've told you this story before, but I love it. Several years ago, Pasadena, California, the Rose Bowl Parade, the float that won best design that day actually ran out of gas and stopped the whole parade and even messed up the television coverage of it I mean it backed up the whole parade and what was so embarrassing this float was the standard oil company sometimes the things that are just taken for granted every day is what gets neglected and I would just say to you as Christians in here this morning as we come back Let's make sure that we're pressing in. And I mean, Lord, I want everything you have for me. Watch out for exhaustion, neglect. Number three is compromise. And I don't need to talk about that. You just just know sometimes, again, when you're going through a troubled time, you you might make some decisions that uh, are not right, are not best. And again, when we're out of church like we've been for three months and we miss the body, sometimes we end up doing some things that we normally wouldn't do. Don't allow compromise. Don't allow bad decisions to to quench the fire. And then the last one, number four, write this down, familiarity. Watch out for the fire extinguisher of familiarity. Sometimes, again, we just take for granted our relationship with God. But the lesson from the Old Testament priest that I want you to get today, we've got duties as Christians. Oh, it's a relationship. Yes, it's not an obligation. It's not I have to, I want to, I get all of that. But there are things that we must adhere to. And the most supreme, most supreme duty that those priests had in the Old Testament was never let the fire go out. And I would challenge you today, let's make sure as men and women of faith in 2020, as we go forward, as we come back together, God, would you stir, stoke the flame of my spirit today 
I want you to bow your heads. And I just kind of felt impressed to close the service like this today. We're not really opening the altars yet and having people gather around and pray. But I felt so strongly about this. I just want to ask for a tangible response in here today. If you want just a personal renewal, a personal revival in your walk with God, would you just stand right now? All over this sanctuary, would you just stand and say, God, I I need a fresh touch. I want more of you today. Now let, let's, let's make this significant. God bless you, church. God bless you. Thank you for your tangible response. The Bible says when we draw near to God, He draws near to us. So Heavenly Father, as we have risen up to You, I pray that You would reach down right now and just fill us afresh and anew. Fill us to the point of overflow today. Renew and revive Your people again. May we be red hot for You, Jesus, in the days to come. May we, Lord, burn so bright with Your Spirit that a dying, hurting, wicked world This world's a mess, but Lord, may we be part of the answer, not part of the problem. And may we be winning witnesses that show a better way. Revive us, renew us again in Jesus' name. Everyone stand. Let's sing together.